Tune into the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. Make sure you subscribe to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast, available wherever you get your podcast from. And make sure you follow me on social media at Big Sarge Sports with a Z at the end on Twitter. Wait a minute. I don't think it's Twitter anymore. I think it's Dez Bryant, right? Okay, so I'm going to make it Dez Bryant because I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. And, you know, every time Dez Bryant did something good, especially score a touchdown and he threw up the X, so I think that they, they changed the name. Elon Musk said, you know what? I'm tired of the little bird. I'm tired of the angry birds, which means that I got to get rid of my angry bird sound now because he's changed it to just X. And I don't know if that was a good idea or not, but I guess we'll see as it goes, you know, as time goes on. I know he's about to be sued in San Francisco because they say that that thing is a distraction. The new X logo up on the building is a distraction. And, you know, he didn't even get a permit for it. So we're going to see what's going to happen. So follow me on Twitter slash X and IG at Big Sarge Sports with a Z at the end. Follow me on the tick and the talk at Big Sarge Media. And subscribe to my YouTube channel at Big Sarge Media. All right. I got a treat for y'all today. I know that y'all, even though you love, I know y'all love hearing me. I know y'all love, you know, hearing my voice all the time. I know you love watching me on YouTube, watching my audio. I mean, listen to my audio clips and watching me live. But I got a special guest for you today. So this is going to be funny. I'm going to introduce this young man first, and then I'm going to tell a small story. Joining me today is Joshua Taylor, sophomore business uh, ma- business management major at Howard University. He's originally from Houston, Texas. His career goals is to work in the operations side of the bi- uh, sports business at the executive level. He recently attended the sports business of basketball classroom program at the Las Vegas Summer League. Wow, that's amazing. Where he had the opportunity to speak and work with some of the brightest minds in various NBA front offices. He can be found volunteering with the Houston Sports Authority, attending sports games, or debating colleagues on Houston sports-related topics. Joshua Taylor, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, man. I'm happy to be here. What's going on, Big Sarge? Hey, man. Look, I'm I'm happy to have you. Now, I'm going to give you all a little backstory right quick, right? So, Josh is my nephew. His uncle and I are best friends. Which means, and we've been best friends since 1985. <laughs> which means that I've been knowing his dad, Troy, since he was knee high to a duck butt. I don't know <laughs> if your dad ever told you this story or not, but when uh, when I was going to Sharpstown, I was walking. I, I didn't live too far from the school where I could walk to the school. And so one day I was walking by and I seen this young man holding you know, with the school crossing guard vest on and he had the little flag, you know, to stop the cars from coming. 
And I said to myself, wow, he looked just like Joe. So when I get to the get to school, I say, hey, Joe, and you got a little brother that go to Bonham? He's like, yeah, I said, he's a school crossing guard. He said, don't mention it because that is the best thing that ever happened to him in life <laughs> if you let him tell it. So, yeah, man, I've been knowing your dad for a long time. I was... I wasn't right there when your mom and dad met, but I was there around when they were dating, man. And so, first of all, let me say this. As I've watched you grow from, you know, a, a, a boy into a young man on his way on up to becoming a man, man, I, I'm just going to say, I'm going to give you a big sore salute, man, because you have, I, 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 I've, I've watched your journey. I, you know, even though I don't get a chance to talk to you a lot, you know, I keep I talk to your uncle almost every day. So, you know, I ask how you're doing you, and your mom and dad are entirely too busy <laughs> to just stop <laughs> in small talk all the time. And so but I, I make sure that I uh, that I keep up with you, man. I ask about you. I ask about your sister, which, by the way, before we get this show started, your sister does debate. She does, man. That, that seems to be her passion these days. Who wins the debates between you and her? Do you all debate? Now, see, we used to debate a lot, <laughs> but she's gotten a lot better over the years. And so I know when to pick and choose my battles. And so we don't debate too often anymore. I'll give her that. She's she's the debater in the family now. <laughs> oh, she's she's very good. So. All right. So let's go ahead and get this show started. Now, Josh, the Houston Astros, I know that you are a Houston Astros fan. You you follow Houston Astros a lot. As a matter of fact, I think you are attending the game against the Cleveland Guardians today, correct? I'll be there. Yes, sir. All right. And so the Astros right now are in a position to whereas they need a lot at the trade deadline. And what I mean by a lot is they could use another another bat from the left hand side. They could use another starting pitcher. They could use some more uh, bullpen relief. And so right now, as we currently speak at 2.10 p.m. on thir on Tuesday, Still, you know, less than three hours left to the trade deadline. Justin Verlander is out there, former pitcher, former World Series pitcher, former Cy Young winner with the Houston Astros. Do you think that the Astros should make the move to bring him back? I do. I do. And um, if anybody's been following Justin Verlander, they know he started the season on the IL. Uh, right now, he currently has a 315. ERA, he was the, or currently is rather, the reigning Cy Young. And in his last seven starts, He's dropped that ERA to about one four three, and so he's he's coming off a really really good situation right now in the sense that he wants to be moved. He has a full no trade clause, and we just won with him last year. Uh, Justin Berliner had some of his best years of his career here in Houston. Was a two time Cy Young winner, ERA uh, ERA leader one time, and I I think that he would enjoy being back here, and we need him just as much as he would want to be here. You know, I mean, it's no secret that the Astros rotation has been pretty banged up this whole season. You know, we're relying on Hunter Brown and JP France who have been phenomenal for us this season, but are both rookies, you know, and Fromber Valdez and Christian Javier, uh, Fromber having one of his better years, Christian having a really good year too. We still need more if we want to compete with the likes of the Rangers or the Orioles. So I think that would be a good move for us to look into. I, you know what? And <clears throat> Don't get me wrong. You make a great argument. I think that the only pushback that I would have is, you know, I'm <clears throat> I like Justin Verlander. I, I, I like him a lot. He is a guy that, you know, great locker room, 
uh, locker room. Great clubhouse. Guy. <laughs> you know, great, great yeah. clubhouse guys. Very, very well respected. Um, even to the point that when he was with the Astros, you know, a lot of this new age music has passed him by. But as soon as Kyle Tucker gets the ox, you know, all he's playing is Kodak Black 21 Savage, <laughs> Lil Dirk. You know, he's playing all of that. And, you know, that's different from Justin. But Justin yeah. learned, you know, the music, even knew some of the lyrics, knew some of the words, just so he can make sure that he fit in with the younger guys in the clubhouse. So I could see him coming back, you know, for that veteran leadership. But the problem that I have, though, Josh, is if you're getting him back to make a postseason run, the last two postseasons has not been very good for him. He was, you know, out of 10 games, he's five and five. And it just seems like I don't want to say as the moment gets bigger, you start to wonder how effective he's going to be. And if we were talking about 2017, Justin Verlander, I would probably right. be like, yeah, I could see that. But this is 2023, Justin Verlander. And I just don't know how much he has left in the tank to make another postseason run with the Astros. Am I wrong? No, no, you're certainly not wrong. Um, as, again, a huge Houston, Houston Astros fan, I can remember feeling very let down by Justin Verlander in the postseason last year, you know, and I understand that pitching is such a mental game. You know, it, it, that's really what it is. Your best pitchers can have some of the worst games on their best days just because they were in their heads. You know, and so with Justin Verlander, I want to say he's 39, reaching into his 40s pretty soon. He is getting older. And I don't think that it's unfair to say that as the moment gets bigger, he starts to kind of shy away from it a little bit more or not rise up to it. Rather, I don't think that that's unfair to say. What I'll say to that is where the Astros stand right now and what Verlander is trending right now through his last seven starts, it looks positive. You know, it looks positive and fact remains that there aren't many free agent names on the market that I think would really benefit us that are available and we can afford them as an organization that are available for us to bring into our bullpen. And with Verlander literally being here a year ago today, you know, I, I don't believe that that's a bad choice at all, you know, and with the Mets being in sell mode in that pitching rotation, I think that we're ultimately going to end up, um, we're ultimately going to end up closing that one out. So <clears throat> with that being said, all right. Once again, you tune into the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I have Joshua Taylor uh, joining me today. Josh, with that being said, we've watched this Astros team this season have to rely on a lot of young talent, a lot of rookies. You know, as you mentioned earlier, Hunter Brown, JP France. They've also had to rely on Yanir Diaz. They also had to rely on Corey Jokes and, and Mauricio Dubon is the MVP right now. I know Kyle Tucker's <laughs> having an outstanding year, but if it wasn't for Mauricio, I don't know where the Astros would be right now. Being able to be that right. utility player to be put in every position except pitching. And I think that if you give him enough time, he can learn <laughs> how to pitch as well. But the one thing that has caused the Astros to not look as good as they've looked in the past, even though they're only half a game out of first place in the American League West trailing the Texas Rangers. They've had a lot of injuries. And I think a fully healthy, you know, a fully healthy Houston Astros team is what we seen last year as far as getting getting to the World Series, winning the World Series. Year before that, 
get into the World Series. And we've seen these deep postseason runs that they're able to make when they're healthy. So with that being said, do you think that they need to make any trades and give up the because their farm system is really depleted right now they don't have a lot of talent in that farm system but do you think that they need to give up any of those players take on huge contracts from other play uh, other teams for rentals or do you think that they could just get by with what they have now play for this year i mean play for next year and the years to come and just say whatever happens this year is what's going to happen well, as far as our lineup goes, I think we only need maybe just one. Maybe we could use one more bet, just one. And and if I had to choose, I would maybe put it in the fielding position just because Alvarez has been hurt a little bit this year. He's back now, but who knows what will happen in the future. Um, but other than that, I think we look good. We look really good. I mean, a fully healthy Astros team right now, people forget, still includes Michael Brantley, who is a great contact guy. Yes. You know, And we would love to have him in our lineup right now. I honestly think – if we had him in our lineup today, we wouldn't be having half of the issues that we have with our lineup today, you know. But we still have a lot of the foundational pieces of that championship roster we had last year, you know. And you add on a young, up-and-coming, elite-level catcher like Yiner uh, Diaz, we look even better, you know. And so Kyle Tucker's having a great year. I don't know if anybody could have predicted what Mauricio Dubon is doing this year. You know, right. he has been an X-Factor, right? He's been an X-Factor. And so – we still have a lot of the good pieces. Before Alvarez got hurt, he was leading the league in RBIs, mm-hmm. you know? And so we, we're we not having our guys, none of our guys are on down years. We're just, like you said, banged up. And, you know, it's okay right now, so to speak. You know, it, it just matters what we look like when playoffs come running around. And I do predict, and of course anything can happen, right? But I do predict that we'll probably be more or less healthy by then. Yeah, I and, and I look at the way that I look at it is, you know, Jose Abreu, you know, they signed him in the offseason. He's playing first base to replace Yuli Gurriel, who was a fan favorite. And oh, yeah. he's having this up and down type of season. I think that he's still trying to get acclimated. And then I think that there was, you know, when they brought him over, they were bringing him over to place him in a lineup, a potent lineup already that had the hitters. And when they suffered a lot of the injuries, when they suffered a lot of, you know, fatigue with players having to play every day. I think that affected him because I don't think he was used to being that everyday guy that, you know, that the team depended on. I know when he was with the White Sox, he was very good, but, you know, coming over here, you know, batting in between a Kyle Tucker and a Jordan Alvarez, or, you know, if Michael Brantley is healthy, right, right there, Alex Bregman. So I think that with, with, he's still getting that learning, learning period, that adjustment period, and when you look at the bullpen. Yeah, you just you, right? <laughs> Montero, I don't know if it's mental. I, I know it's not physical because he can still yeah. throw, but I, I, I don't know if, if it's just mental. And do you think that that bullpen is just overworked? So I'll tell you, um, I mean, with Montero, specifically when the highs are high right but the lows oh man it's you almost don't want to put them on the field you know and so our bullpen I think that they have been overworked towards the middle of the season I think they're kind of starting to settle in now but I mean think about it you know we're losing pitchers like Luis Garcia early in the season Jose Arquiti who I assume we're going to be getting back within the next month or so you know we lose pitchers like that and now we have to bring up 
names like Belak, Brandon Belak all the time, or or JP France to come and pitch meaningful starts, you know. So lost now McCullers for the season as well. Yeah, right. Lost McCullers, right? And and I think that when you bring up these younger pitchers who are great, right? And all they really need is just a few starts under their belt to really settle into this lineup. You know, it takes those few starts for out of the out of the bullpen, you know, because now you have guys having to pitch back to back to back to back, you know, just to try and maintain our record, you know. And so I do think that it was starting to catch up to them a little bit. But I, I do also think that we're starting to settle in, you know, our meaningful guys like Presley, like Brian Abreu, Hector Nearest has been really good as well. There are a few in there that I think have been kind of in and out of our bullpen, like uh, Parker. I always mess up his last name, Mashinsky. I think Mashinsky, it is. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, there are a few guys who we had to, you know, keep optioning, you know, seems like every day now. <laughs> but um, I, I do think that our bullpen is, is going to be something that we're going to need, you know, once it comes time for playoffs. We're going to need it heavily, especially if we're taking the lineup that we have today going into this Guardians game. If that's what it's going to be, you know, no Luis Garcia. We lost. So Garcia actually won't be back this season. Yeah. Um, but say we don't have Rikidi either, we're going to need that bullpen to step up for us, you know. And to your point about Jose Abreu, um, I was a very huge White Sox fan last year. So it just, I was ecstatic, right, when we get <laughs> the 2020 MVP, Jose Abreu, to come play for the team. Needless to say, he has not been an MVP level player this year, but he has still been really good for us, you know. And like you said, it's kind of been uh, an oscillating performance from him. Started off really slow, had a hell of a June, having a pretty good July as well. You know, I think we're seeing a positive trend, though. I think we are seeing a positive trend based off where he started the season and how he's settling in now, you know, and if you look at it, a lot of that good performance that he had in June was while Alvarez was out, yes. you know, so if we can get that Jose Brady to play alongside Kyle Tucker and alongside Jordan Alvarez, sure. we have three of the hottest bats in the league, you know, and I think that's something we have to look forward to. Once again, you tune into the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm joined by Joshua Taylor today. Josh, you go to school at Howard University, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wish it would have been preview, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> we'll talk about that. You know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but you are in the DMV area. Yes, sir. There's a team up there in Maryland that is just balling out in the Baltimore Orioles. And they are. I'm saying to myself, like I've I've always been a huge. Oh my God! Now his Cedric uh, Mullins. I have always been a huge Cedric Mullins fan. I got a chance to talk with him when two years ago, I think it was, when they had the All Star Game in Denver. I got a chance to talk with him. Just and we, you know, I asked him about African American kids getting back into the sport of baseball, what happened? And, you know, he explained it to me. They said, you know, travel baseball has gotten expensive. Yeah. Playing baseball year round is so expensive compared to, you know, if you want to play football, you just grab a football, go out in the field, you can play football. You want to play <laughs> right. basketball, you just go to a court and play basketball. If you're going to play AAU, it's easier to find a sponsor for AAU team than it is to find, you know, money for African-American kids that, you know, live in the inner city to be able to join some of these travel teams outside in the suburbs. And so I thought that that was a really good conversation, but uh, Cedric Mullins is one of my, one of my favorite baseball players playing right now. And so I keep up with the, with the Baltimore Orioles and yeah, Josh, have they, 
have they surprised you? Because I could see playing, you know, I could see them and the Astros playing for the opportunity to go to the World Series and represent the American League. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's that's not crazy to say at all, you know, and I'll say as a fan, I mean, Orioles more or less came out of nowhere. I mean, you can see them building the pieces to get to this point and how it's just paying off. But I mean, a year ago, they were not this team. <laughs> they were they were not this team a year ago. And so to look at, you know, young players like Adley Rushman, who was just a home run of a pick and has been a home run of a player, you know, to look at him, to look at Gunnar Henderson, to look at. Their starting rotation, Grayson Rodriguez, the rookie pitcher, has been pretty good for them this year. They have surprised me, but I, I also don't see them slowing down at any point. You know, um, I want to say they're first in the AL right now. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, first in the AL, and I I pretty much see them holding on to it. Well, wait, hold you on, know? Josh, before you finish that point. Did it surprise you that they were able to catch? Tampa Bay like that, especially with that hot start that Tampa got out to. And I think at one point they were leading them by 14 games at, at one point, And all of a sudden the Baltimore Orioles just caught them and passed them. Right. Uh, Tampa started off amazing. You know, they, they started off amazing. amazing <laughs> right. But I, I wasn't super surprised just because it's, it's so rare that we see a team start off so hot and maintain it for 162 games. Right. I mean, that's, that's a lot. You know, I was surprised that it was the Orioles <laughs> that, that ended up <laughs> catching them, but I wasn't surprised that a team did end up catching them. And so I think that the Rays have more or less cooled off. You know, they're still a very good baseball team and you don't want to sleep on them at all. But I think that they benefited from a really, really good start at the beginning of the season. And um, the Orioles, they've just been consistently exceptional this season. And that's what has them at the top of the American League. Yeah, you know, um, to me, it almost seemed like Tampa Bay was home run a bust. Right? <laughs> that's a good that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, it's like if they're not hitting home runs, they're just the average team. Uh and, and you know, Josh, I wanted to talk some Houston Rockets basketball with you, man, but I'm enjoying talking. Can, can we continue talking baseball if that's okay with yeah, you? Yeah, of course. We can talk baseball all day. Because I want to move there, there's a couple of teams. There's a couple of teams and a player that I want to talk to you about. And I want to start off with 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 two teams that I feel are very, how can I say this? They're underachievers, but on paper, you would swear that they were world series champions before they even played in one inning. And I'm talking about the Toronto blue Jays and the San Diego Padres. When you look at their star studded lineups that they have at these positions, you're saying to yourself, there's no possible way that these teams shouldn't be in first place. And yet you look at them and they're so hot and cold. They're, they're so up and down. I just don't understand it. Right. You know, and, and these kinds of things happen far too often just in sports in general. You know, when you look at teams like the Padres, right, who now have Xander Bogarts, who is an excellent fielder, one of the greatest shortstops in the game. Manny Machado, one of the greatest third basemen in the game. Fernando Tatis, one of the greatest. Yeah. Like, you know, they yeah. just have star after star after star. And like you said, they are underachieving. And so you wonder what it is. And, of course, a lot of it is pitching, you know. And, and you even look at their bullpen. And they have names like Joe Musgrove and you Darvish and Blake Snell, yeah. who is probably going to be the Cy Young this year. You know, so you wonder how you have so many good pieces and you put them all together and it doesn't amount to, to greatness, right? Mm -hmm. 
And I think that a lot of it just has to do with streaks, you know, like a lot of, a lot of MLB players, a lot of MLB play, uh, teams are streaking. You know, you can have perfect example, the race at the beginning of the season, extremely streaky. You know, they want, I want to say they had almost a 20 game winning streak, if not a 20 game winning streak to start mm-hmm. the season. And the Padres, they have just been unlucky. And the, the Blue Jays are the same. You know, yeah. think about Matt Chapman. He started off the league slugging out of his mind, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> yes. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is a player who people would have thought would have been hitting 40 home runs a season two seasons ago, is not hitting 40 home runs a season, now, <laughs> right. you know. And, and so their bullpen, I mean, or their starting rotation, Alec Manoa, he's been not great at all. You know, he, he was really good last year's starter. No, did not start the All-Star game, but was in the All-Star game. And they had optioned him all the way back to Florida, you mm. know. And so it's just I, I think that a lot a lot of what contributes to those two teams underachieving is just they, they've been very unlucky in their star players production, you know. And even still, you know, you'll see highlights of Tati's hitting two home runs a game or Manny Machado gloving a really good ball and throwing it across his body. But, I mean, those are just those are really good plays, but they don't. They don't show up every game. You yeah. know, that's their biggest issue. Yeah. And, you know, um, another team that I could add to that list, which brings me to the the player that I want to talk about, you know, you can also say that, but this is to be expected when it comes to the Angels. You look at their lineup and you say, wow, they got some, some really good players over there. But, you know, you never know how long you're going to get the players. I think what Rendon has been out, like yeah. in and out of that lineup, and he's very inconsistent when it comes to, you know, I think the only healthy year I think I've seen him play was when he was with the Nationals and they won. You know what? I, that's a, You know what? I still can't listen to David <laughs> Sharp to this day, Josh, because, you know, I was – I didn't think it would affect me as much because although I cover the Houston Astros, I'm also a Houston Astros fan. So, yeah. man, it hurt my heart to watch Ooh. the Washington Nationals – celebrate winning the World Series at Minute Maid Park on the field. I was like, I, I, I really want to say, hey, hey, y'all got to get out of here with all that. <laughs> y'all, got, y'all got to get up out of here with all that. But, that was crazy. You know, I haven't seen a, a healthy season from, from Anthony Rendon since then. And then Mike Trout, of course. You, he's almost like you, you, <laughs> you could pencil him in. And like he, he always takes – I don't wonder – he has the most – PTO that I've ever seen in my life. He plays three weeks and he's like, hey, hey, guess what, guys? Taking a vacation. What what happened, Mike? Oh, yeah, my knee hurt. That's your pinky. Oh, I mean, <laughs> my, my hand is hurting. And so, but it brings me to Shohei Otani. Yeah. A player, Josh, that we haven't, I, I've never ever in my lifetime and I'm 51 years old and I've been watching baseball probably since I was like seven like really watching baseball since I was like seven I've never seen a player like him I I never ever seen a player like him so I want to get your thoughts on him does he stay with the angels and who and if not who writes the biggest check for him? I feel like he's going to be the first billion dollar player there is. That's not a thing. That you may not be far off. You know, I yeah. mean, Shohei Atani, like you said, I, we haven't seen a player like him in, you know, 150, 200 years. And we may not ever see another player like Shohei Otani. You know, he's otherworldly, 
otherworldly on the field, otherworldly on the mound, otherworldly with the bat in his hand. He's amazing, you know? And I think that a big concern of his is playing competitive baseball, you know? And, and right now the Angels aren't doing that. They haven't been for all of Mike Trout's prime, which was pretty much all of the 2010s leaking into today. <laughs> you know, he's still yeah. really good, yeah. you know? So they, they haven't played meaningful baseball in a really long time. You know, and they haven't necessarily I see them as of late making moves with the White Sox to acquire Lucas Giolito, you know, a really good pitcher. I see them making the move to try and suggest that they're leaning towards playing meaningful baseball really soon. But I just don't know if it's going to be enough, you know, because there's so much more than just a pitcher or just a bat or just a reliever away from being a playoff contending serious team in the MLB. And so with that being said. I don't, I don't see Shohei Otani going back to the Angels, you know? Mm. If you think about teams that can potentially write the biggest check for him, two teams come to mind automatically. The Dodgers and the Yankees, who are, you know, some of the biggest teams in the market, yes. you know? And the Yankees, who seem to acquire some five-star name prospect <laughs> in the offseason every year, but yes. always fall short. You know, I, I can see yeah. them picking up Otani as well, but at the same time, on the flip side, I can see them going right to the Dodgers. You know, it's just right across the street in L.A. Uh, they have very, you know, a very good roster between Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Max Muncy's having a great year as well. You know, their bullpen isn't bad either. Clayton Kershaw's over there. Walker Bueller will be back sometime, maybe next year, I think, if he's not back already. But, you know, you put Shohei Otani in that lineup and either one of them, and he has now a team around him that can now support him with runs when he's on the mound and he can also add runs too with his bat. And so I think that those are probably two teams we're going to want to watch out for with Shohei Otani. Well, Josh, I would love to sit here and talk to you all day, but I know that you have to get ready, you know, to go to the game tonight. And I, I know your parents, they're punctual. <laughs> you know, they're punctual. I'm, I'm surprised your dad hasn't stuck his head in the door. It's like, Hey, Wrap it up. We gotta go. Wrap it up. We gotta go. But um, and it, it has been an honor and a pleasure. And I would love, love to have you back on to just talk, you know, not only talk baseball, just talk sports. I, yeah. I would love to have you back on and um because we didn't even get a chance to talk about the Atlanta Braves. Oh, so man. yeah. <laughs> right. And so which you know, which would have tied in with the Astros general manager Dana Brown, you know, putting that team together. You know, when, once he gets his feet wet here, he's going to be able to probably put something together that is going to be able to sustain over time. And so, uh, you know, like I said, I would love to have you back to, you know, not only talk more baseball, but, you know, I wanted to talk some Rockets with you and what you thought, but maybe closer to the season, we'll get yeah. into that and make, what you think about, you know, the excitement around D'Amico Ryan's, you know, being the head coach for the Houston Texans and how it, you know, has invigorated a, a fan base who just, you know, the past two to three years were down in the dumps, but now, man, you know, they had the fans out for this, uh, this past week, they had the fans out for two days. And I mean, D'Amico comes on the, on the field, they start clapping. CJ Stroud shows up, they start clapping. So, you know, it's a, yeah. a different type of, of feel right now. Uh, Josh, before you leave, I do have one. And I promise you, this is the last question I have for you. Okay. Lay it on it. When you look at your future, where do you see Josh Taylor in five years? Josh Taylor in five years. So I'm 19 now. That'll put me right at 24 years old. I'll have wrapped up college or my bachelor's 
degree. I'm hoping to get my master's, you know, and I've, I've had a lot of different counseling on that, but I know I want to work in the sports business industry. So I think it best to go to a high achieving, but also very competitive power five school for my master's, you know? And so I've explored different options like university of Michigan or, or university of North Carolina do, but I've also thought to look right here in Houston, you know, at Rice. And so I, I definitely see myself grabbing that master's degree on my way to hopefully contributing on the business side to making a very, very successful franchise out of, you know, what would be the dream Houston Rockets or Texans or Astros, but a yeah. very successful franchise out of a major sports organization. So the, uh, the general manager, maybe. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey. All, I'll, all I'll say to that is just remember the name Joshua Taylor in five years. Yeah. All right. Well, Josh, yeah. thank you. Thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm hoping I get a chance to see you all tonight. I, I will be yeah. uh, in attendance at the game tonight. So I'll find out where you all are and I will come to you because I know that you're getting ready to head back to school this week, getting yourself together yes, for this your junior year, your junior My sophomore year, sophomore, you're going into your sophomore year. And so, yeah, man, and, you know, I want to pick your brain when I see you and, and see if you have gone over to the other side and start listening to what do they call it. Go, go music. <laughs> you and my dad both man that's all i'm talking about these days is go go music <laughs> well thank you josh i appreciate you coming on hey thank you big sergeant hope to see you soon all right brother take it easy all right man that was a treat i love that i love that that young man listen he going somewhere i had to get him up off here before he take my job he almost took he was about to take my job like I said, I've been knowing that young man. I've been knowing that young man since he was knee high to a duck butt, just like his dad. But I, I once again, I want to thank Joshua Taylor from coming on for coming on Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast, talking some Astros baseball, some trade deadline, some MLB in general. And, and you know what? Before I get off here, before I leave, and this may rub some people the wrong way, but it's okay. I mean, this is y- y'all know y'all know Big Sarge, and y'all know how Big Sarge is. Um, it's very rare that you find African-Americans who did not play the game of baseball to be able to talk about baseball and no baseball. And for that young man to come on here and I, I only told him we were going to talk about, you know, I only told him we were going to talk about the Astros. Then we jumped into talking about the the Orioles, the Baltimore Orioles. We started talking about San Diego Padres. We talked about the Toronto Blue Jays. And so, you know, I respect that young man so much because in the African-American community, baseball is a dying sport if it isn't already dead. African-Americans, you know, the African-American youth of today, they're looking at basketball and they're looking at football. Baseball doesn't really catch their interest, and we can talk about that on another show. But for this young man to be so entrenched and engulfed in what's going on in Major League Baseball, that is amazing. I like baseball too. It's my job. I watch it. I watch. I watch other teams. I, you know, uh, got the MLB.com. Thanks to my mother-in-law. Thanks, Miss Debbie. Um. 
you know, I saw so uh, in the MLB, um, MLB.com, uh, the MLB package or whatever it's called. You know, I watch other games. I, you know, I didn't even get a chance to talk to him about De La Cruz. But so I watch baseball a lot. And to hear this young man just be able to have that type of conversation, it's amazing. It is amazing. I cannot wait to have him back on the show. All right, y'all. I got to get up out of here because, you know, I wasn't lying. I got to get over to Minute Maid Park, see what's going on. What's shaking? What's the dealio? They still say that? What's the dealio? I think I am really, really showing my age. You've been tuning to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast, available wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you follow me on social media at Twitter slash X. That's really weird to say. At Big Sarge Sports with the Z at the end and on IG. Follow me on the tick and the talk at Big Sarge Media. Oh, I'm also on thread at Big Sarge Sports too. Um, and make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Big Sarge Media. That's all I got. I'm out. Hard work, hard work, hard work.